0: Welcome to Cincy Reformed, I'm Pastor Brandon and I'm with uh, Pastor Zach. We're co-pastors at Westside Reformed Church, a URC congregation in Cincinnati, Ohio. And today we wanted to talk about something that is uh, adiaphora, something that is um it's going to differ depending on your context um and 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 it's the the idea of wearing a robe or wearing a collar uh There are some traditions within the Protestant world that uh, wear collars, for example, we're pretty accustomed to saying the Lutherans for example, wear collars they wear uh various robes in the reformed world we um have have a i guess a mix of 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 opinion on whether or not Uh, it's helpful for a pastor to wear a robe or if it's helpful for a pastor to wear a a collar and again this is going to um, kind of differ on your context if you're in Africa if you're in Florida if you're in California uh, you might choose not to wear one or um, depending on your context you might choose to wear a a Genevan gown or a collar of some sort. So uh, we wanted to talk about that, and at Westside Reformed Church, we have chosen to wear the the robe and the collar, and so we want to talk a little bit about uh, the history behind that, and then also some practical benefits. So Zach, maybe you can start us off with just some of the historical reasons and how these things uh, developed in the Reformed world. Yeah, sure. There's all, obviously not a whole lot that's written
1: down about this. Whenever you think about the first-hand accounts of people going to a church service in the 16th, 17th century in the Reformation, even before that, you're lucky if you get a bit of a description about what the worship service is like. It's very rare to then get also a first-hand account of what people were wearing. However, during, with some of the pictures that come down to us, a little bit of the historical background, we can get a little bit of an idea of what uh, people were wearing and why they might have chosen some different things. But um, I think it's notable when we think about this from a historical perspective that throughout the history of the church, it's been very common for ministers, uh, pastors to wear something that sets apart their office within the context of uh, holy worship as they, they lead a worship service. Now, from a reformed perspective, We do find it to be troubling when a minister begins to look more and more like a priest would look. And so when in 16th 16th century uh, Geneva, when Calvin and the other ministers there adopted the black robe, they were adopting some academic attire because they were not comfortable wearing the uh, priestly garments that were uh, common amongst the Roman Catholics at the time. But they needed something also to set apart their office and to look the part as of a minister, of a preacher that was leading in holy worship. And they found the academic gown, the black Geneva robe, to be a helpful, um, a helpful way to dress for themselves. And then we can understand that after they adopted that attire in the 16th century, they just simply became commonplace and expected that the congregants would see their pastors wearing a black robe. Even if it changed in academia, they began to be used to, accustomed to, seeing a black robe in the pulpit. And over the course of time, it became very commonplace, especially in the French Reformed Church. My understanding is that it was even required amongst much of the French Reformed Church. It became common in South Africa, within the Dutch Reformed Church, and other places as well, within the continent of Europe, to wear a black robe. the that was not always the case, however, in other parts of the uh, reforms and Presbyterian churches. But it certainly took place within some of them. When we think then about the um, about the uh, collar, people associate that now with Roman Catholicism. But it's quite interesting that it uh, appears again sparse historical records here that the collar was actually created by a Presbyterian in Scotland, of all places. In order to dress in a way that does not look like a priest and so it's now some of people call it the roman collar but it was actually created a while back not to um, to differentiate oneself over against uh, roman catholicism there might be some ways in which it also can uh, be uh, likened to what were called the preaching bands the bands of geneva these collars that came around and you might see these in some old pictures or paintings of Jonathan Edwards or Charles Hodge, some big white um, uh, pieces that come around the neck, almost like a, a necktie or a bow tie of sorts. But so those were preaching bands to, to indicate the, the one who's uh, giving the sermon on the uh, particular Lord's Day. And so there's a little bit of some context there. Like Brandon mentioned, this is adiaphora. It means it's non-essential that as we think about these kinds of things, we're trying to be helpful. And so from an historical perspective, to, to wear a robe, to wear a collar or both helps to visually place one within the within some sort of continuity with the um, history of the Christian church. But uh, Brandon, how about um, you know, someone new for you to begin to wear those now in the last uh, year and a half or so? What, um, what are some reasons that you've chosen to do so? Why do you think it might be helpful?
0: yeah so I think I mean the first time that I attended a service where somebody was in a robe outside of a Roman Catholic setting um, i I noticed that the pastor was not kind of this this big personality he wasn't trying to come in and uh, command the room but he was there to preach Christ and 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 there was a in a real sense you you could hear the message without the person and the personality uh, being kind of like the big attention getter in the room it was the word that was central and and so the pastor then um preaching it's you know as uh as john the baptist said uh he must increase, and I must decrease and you you got that sense I think when when the pastor was up there uh preaching with a robe on, and he wasn't like a trend setter where you know if 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 you uh are in a church where the pastor wears a three piece suit every day, then you look out in the congregation, everybody's in a three piece suit, or if they wear a polo shirt and jeans, you look out everyone's in a polo shirt and jeans he, he's 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 just not a trend setter, but he is somebody there to proclaim Christ to, you know, in a way, get out of the way and let Christ speak and let Christ uh, minister to his people. So I think in a, in a real way, it, it does that well. Um, any other any other reflections, practically? Yeah, I mean, I
1: think we see some of this in our day when you go into a court of law. I think it's a helpful analogy to think about a judge wearing a black robe. And that part of the symbolism of the black robe in that courtroom context is that the judge is not speaking on his behalf but is representing someone or something in his case something else representing the law and um, intended to then be someone who is impartial in that way and representing the law in that way and that that becomes a, a way to think about then and that analogy to help us think about the uh, black robe is one is not speaking from his um, cultural context or cultural background per se but rather is preaching the word and speaking on behalf of um, another, on behalf of uh, God who speaks to us through his um, holy word. And so I think that that representative, representational um, idea of what a robe can uh, help us to understand uh, is, is there as well but how about any other thoughts you might want
0: to share yeah i think it it it, uh connects us historically i think as well as you know as we look back to various uh reformed forefathers going back to calvin's uh geneva uh there's a uh, kind of an anti-fad you know like there's so many trends and fads in our society where you know um in, in the 60s it was bell bottoms and then you know and so every every season you know we're tossed to and fro by the fads uh, where I've got skinny jeans. Yeah, now we have the <laughs> skinny jeans, and um, who knows what it'll, what it'll be next. Yeah. But um, but the the black robe, for example, or the collar, it just transcends all of the kind of the 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 wild seas of, of fashion, and it connects us, I think, um, uh, historically, and it uh, transcends culture in that way. And uh, yeah, I think it can be helpful. I think another reflection would be that
1: we have to recognize that there is no biblically prescribed way of manner of dress. And so anything you do wear is going to have some sort of connotation to it, some sort of a connection, like Brandon mentioned earlier, like a three-piece suit or a jeans and a polo or something like that. There's going to be some way way that you are associated with something. And so if you wear a a suit, then you could look like a, a used car salesman or like a businessman from downtown or... If you uh, look, you know, wear, wear a robe, then you have associations there with, I, I would hope, um, either not just a, a judge in a courtroom, but an ecclesiastical sphere also. Or, uh, yeah, the, the preachers in sneakers kind of a thing right now, a big fad, of wearing really expensive shoes and really expensive dress in the megachurch scene. And so, all these kinds of things are suggesting something. They're um, suggesting something to the uh, congregation that's there. It's, it indicates something about how we view worship. I think if, if someone, especially if someone's wearing very trendy clothes, I think that that suggests something about how worship is uh, conducted. Whereas I hope that wearing a, a robe in our context and a collar in our context is suggestive then of, as Brandon mentioned, the historicity of our faith, that we, we are recipients of a tradition, that we are transmitting, uh, but also the reverence and the gravity of how we also um approach and uh, conduct ourselves in in holy worship
0: yeah
1: any other thoughts for you brandon i don't think so right, well we hope that's been helpful for you again we're not saying that these things are absolutely necessary by any stretch but we hope that uh, it's been helpful for you to see why we think it's help. it's a helpful practice for for us to wear these things you might disagree that's fine but um, we uh, welcome your questions we uh, welcome your um, feedback on these kinds of things and so uh, this is the Sensory Reform Podcast. Find us at org. We are sponsored by Westside Reformed Church, which is a URC, United Reformed Church, uh, congregation in the uh, west side of Cincinnati. Thanks for joining us. Look forward to the next time. Bye-bye.